Hello everyone and welcome to episode 73 of Grief Burrito. If this is your first episode you're joining us, we're a weekly comedy, gaming, movie and entertainment podcast that drops every single Wednesday. I'm Harrison Wilde, or more recently named The Pod Daddy, and my co-host is the weirdest, beardiest Jordan Shenton. Say hello! Hello! Thank you! So what are we going to do today? Today we are interviewing Ben Hickling. We are indeed. Today, my dude, we're going to be interviewing the amazing Ben Hickling. He's a uh, UK indie game developer, so we're going to be shooting him questions on what it's like to be in the industry, how to start game developing, and get our teeth into his latest game, X Zodiac, that has just been successfully funded through Kickstarter. It was lovely. So, just before we begin, we've got to give a quick shout out to all of our Patreon members. I'm going to make sure that this sh- you make this show possible and an extra special sparkly shout out to the amazing Ross Cook for joining last week. You, sir, are an amazing artist and, and I love what you did for Stu and his wife. You saw that as well, didn't you, Jordan? It's a wonderful little comic strip. That was such a weird shout out. I know. I love yeah. what you did for Stu and his wife. Yeah. <laughs> Like I just made some random people <laughs> save their marriage. Yeah, just like you really brought them back together, and that was what was save important. Save that cat from a tree. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, guys, if you haven't already, please go and follow him at Ross Cook Comic Art on Instagram and at Cook Eight O O Eight on Twitter. And those links will be below for spelling, so don't worry about that. And please remember to leave us a five-star review and a few words on Apple Podcasts as we're no longer in the top 100 and it's hurting my heart. So just leave us like a not pap or a heart symbol. We can do it. You can do it. And you can get us back in the top 100. We're like at number 106 or something, Jordan. So we're like hovering back there again. We need to get back up there. So now that we've begged and we've sprawled, we need to introduce... Mr. Ben. Welcome to Grief Burrito. Do you prefer Ben or Mr. Ben? Ben's fine. I had a friend called Mr. Ben, but it it, it wasn't out of respect, so it's probably best it's just Ben. (laughs) Okay, so we'll we'll stick with Ben. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) First name Mr., surname Ben. Yeah, but he he, he had two two N's. I've only got one N. Ah, okay, that was the difference. Okay, well, it's good that we can differentiate between the two of you. Go to a fist fight, and which one of you got the... Which one of you lost had to gain the extra N on (laughs) there? It's like a power N. (laughs) So first, thanks for coming and taking the time to come on the show this week. For people who don't know who you are or what it is you're doing, would you like to explain... Well, sum yourself up, basically. I'm a game developer. I'm currently working on a game called Exodiac, which I guess you could summarise as being like as if Sega made a Star Fox, the original Star Fox. Oh, that's uh, a nice, like a Se- yeah, that's a nice Sega point. arcade version of Star Fox, something like that. I think it is an incredibly good game. Thank already, you. I am already <laughs> loving the look of it. Um, we will get into your game in just a moment, but Jordan wants to invite you to play a game of his own first, don't you? We, I would love that. So, before we begin, Ben, I would like to invite you to play the finest, most exciting, and most burrito-tastic game on any podcast anywhere. Well, it's called Guac. Oh shit. Would you like to Should play? Should I be worried? I <laughs> know <laughs> you'll be all right. Okay. It depends if you accept. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> Perfect. Okay, if you said no, that really would have thrown a spider in the yeah, yeah. Okay, so Guac is a game. It is uh, the name of it is games 
on. Oh, I forgot what it's called. Games unsuitably accurately characterized. Okay. So I describe a game badly but accurately, and you got to guess what it is. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the example we always use is Abe's Odyssey. <laughs> I almost forgot that as well. Something's going on today. <laughs> so. We use Abe's Odyssey, which is a game about a cleaner who's just not happy with snack choices and goes out to see if he can find better snacks. Right, okay. Yes. So that's that's the game premise right. from as far as I'm aware. Uh, I think so. So this one here, I'm going to start now, is a game about a group of new acquaintances that crusade through different locations collecting weaponry and medicine to try and exterminate a new race of creatures and their variations. The band of merry adventurers attend a rock concert steal a car, and even befriend a gnome on their travels. Can you guess what game what that is? What the fuck? I have no idea. <laughs> the, the gnome really threw me. Yeah. Yeah, I, the gnome threw me off as well. Um, uh, what do you think, Ben? I would have thought the gnome gave it away, to be honest. No, not at all. Right, so you've got, a, what is it, a rock concert, steal a car, yep. and a gnome. I don't understand how you're having trouble with this. <laughs> this is a completely normal situation. Yeah, well, obviously. I'm trying to think of any game I've played or seen that has a gnome in it, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> See, like, my, my first thought was that, um, what, not Max, is it not Maximum Overdrive? Is that what it's called? The one where you, like, skate on everything. Like, you're grinding on rails the whole time. What, Maximum Overdrive? That's Jet Set Radio, called? isn't it? No, no, what's... Is that called Jet Set Radio? Or Jet Grind Radio, what's it? I don't know. What are they calling I can't it? Remember. it? Jet Set Radio is definitely a game. Yeah. It's not it's this one. No. It's definitely there's a no game. gnomes in it, but it's got grinding. No, that's why, that's why I was like, all these monsters, I'm sure they steal cars. Um, I have no... Can you give us a clue? Can, yeah, give us a clue. So there are four characters. That's like most games! Yeah, that doesn't narrow it down. <laughs> fine, fine, I was going to say like Final Fantasy 15 or something, but then you said gnome, yeah, and I was yeah. like, I don't know the gnome in that. <laughs> I could be a hidden gnome. Uh, I might have to make a new clue. <laughs> But I might have to give you three clues for this one. So clue two is that they go to a place named Kiddie Land or Kiddie World. I can't remember which one it was. Okay. That's not uh, helping. No, it's not at all. <laughs> it just made it weirder, if anything. Yeah. <laughs> is this game legal? Mm, Does, yeah. Is it like yes. widely known? <laughs> um, mm. um, so uh, trying to think of the gnome... You have to carry the gnome. You sounded oh, so um, worried. It's Left 4 Dead. It's Left 4 Dead 2. It is. Congratulations. It's what? Left 4 Dead 2. Oh, shit. Is there a gnome in that? Yeah, what you carry the gnome. Yeah. You get a, an award if you carry the gnome all the way to the end of the... Oh, fuck. There is. You're totally right. But gnome it has Chomsky. been a very long time since I've played it, so it took a while for the... Yeah, that was like <laughs> high school on the 360. <laughs> I'm quite proud of myself. Yeah, that well one. done. How that, difficult I'm I made it. That was a good one. Well done. Yeah, good job, man. Like, I'm impressed. Yeah. Well done, Ben. You're winning one for this side because it's usually me fucking you up. <laughs> well, that's the one game I've played in the last 10 years. So that's good. Not quite that bad, but I don't play as many games as I'd like. So, yeah. That's, it seems to be a very common thing, though. A lot of game devs are like that. And with a lot of the people that I know in like television production, like they don't really watch TV. It seems to be a common thing. If that's your work area, you might not always... If you're, ma if you're making games... You're not playing games and vice versa. That seems to be how it works. If you're a chef, you don't want to cook. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
Or eat, yeah, maybe. Well, I don't know, but you never, never trust a thin chef, do you, apparently? Exactly, you that's true. That's, yeah. There's some truth to that. Well, that might be why they don't eat, because they're snacking consistently through the day. Which, to be honest, <laughs> yeah. I think I might become a chef from that. <laughs> right, I oh, feel like... far off topic already. Yeah, we should get into the episode, shouldn't we, for the main reason why yeah. we brought you here, Ben. Yep. So I want to jump straight in, and I want to talk about your game first. So I had been following it for a while. I'd seen it all over Twitter first because right. I've been quite big on getting into Twitter recently because I can't stand Facebook. That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> completely understandable. <laughs> I think most people yeah, are going that way. That's fine. Uh, and then I found your Kickstarter, which had links to play the game. Unfortunately, I found your Kickstarter once it had already ended, as I really I wanted to fund it. I, I wanted mean, to get involved. Yeah, if you want to, we're, we're taking PayPal. I just send you a tenner in the post. Yeah, you can send us. <laughs> yeah, we've we've been taking some PayPal backing. Oh, fun. cool! Right, yeah. well, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm totally up for that. <laughs> Definitely up for that. Yeah. Um, so I I'm really glad that you had the demo on there, so it meant that I could actually try the game out as opposed to just looking at the, the lovely images that are on there. Yeah. Uh, Jordan had only watched me play Lilac Wars or Star Fox 64 for the international listeners um, for the first time a few months back on our YouTube channel. Um, and obviously it's inspired by that game, yeah. which is an amazing thing. Like I, I love, love the look of it and in the way that you've worked sort of to pay homage to that. Can you tell our listeners more about your game? I know you did describe it briefly before in terms of it being like <laughs> if Sega made Lilac Wars. <laughs> yeah, that, that was just off the top of my head to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mostly grew up on Sega consoles and then okay. the end i remember the n64 came around and me and my friends were just like wow this this thing looks realistic which is kind of funny to look <laughs> back on because it's about as far from realistic as as you can get at the time yeah that was quite mind-blowing and uh, I, I remember getting one for my birthday I can't remember which birthday show my age a bit i think i was about 14 or 15 at the time when i got one okay but yeah like, i remember lilac wars being kind of a standout game for me when I when I did finally got it. it I think it was the first game that came with the rumble pack as well it actually came with it packaged it was, in the yeah. in the in the game I've still got the box upstairs oh nice <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so it I remember it making quite a big impact on me more than more than the original because my friend had a SNES and he had the original Star Fox and I think I borrowed it for a bit and I didn't okay. I didn't like it because it, it was hard it was hard and the frame rate was like three frames a second or something six yeah <laughs> <laughs> and even as a teenager i was just like this is depressing i don't want to play this <laughs> yeah so i didn't really enough, click yeah. with it at the time so okay. starfire 64 was kind of my first foray into into the series and uh yeah that, that that's I, I remember ever since i got into game development I was like, I want to make a Star Fox game of my own one day. And that was probably like 10 years from when I had that thought to, to now. Okay. Uh, and even then, the way this project came about wasn't because of that. It was because I started playing around with a, a prototype for a, a kind of arcade free roaming uh, dogfight kind of game thing. Oh, and, amazing. Right. And I was like, Oh, I guess if I limited this to a, a single path, this would be kind of like Star Fox. And I tried it, and I was like, "Yeah, this this is like Star Fox. <laughs> this is like Star Fox." <laughs> <laughs> so I so I kind of carried down that route, and, it, and at first it was going to be more N sixty four style with like textures and stuff. And I was like, very quickly yeah. I realized how much effort it was going to be to texture things. And oh yeah, it's like, hard work. <laughs> I was like, maybe I could do the SNES style. And I tried it because I didn't like the SNES style at the time. I was like, eh, it's kind of basic looking. 
But I tried it yeah, and I was yeah. like, oh, this actually looks kind of cool. So it's got something about it, the SNES style. And like, it does. in regards to the art style, like I'm glad you went on to that because that was something I really wanted to ask you about. So you've given the player control over the experience of how they view the game, which mm-hmm. I thought was really interesting. So for listeners, if you haven't played the game yet, I imagine some of the people listening might have been following you for a while. Basically, you can switch between modern, smooth 3D graphics or a retro pixelated look where it becomes more like the 16-bit era style of gaming, haven't you? Yeah. Was that you struggling to decide which looked better? Because <laughs> like, I was struggling to decide which to play it in. Like I had to play it multiple <laughs> times in both to try and decide. Um originally my plan was you are going to play it in retro mode okay and you are going to play it in four three ratio right okay screw anyone who likes widescreen that's that was my <laughs> original opinion <laughs> why why so strongly against widescreen widescreen Be- because nice. because what a lot of people don't realize is when you extend the uh, ratio it changes mm-hmm. the field of view and it changes it the feel of the level suddenly you've got to then populate that field of view with more stuff and ah, also okay. people want people want to be able to fly that far across the screen and it, it does actually change quite a lot of stuff it's the same with uh nuclear throne they wanted it for three because it was a gameplay choice and everyone was like oh, oh okay. i want it to fill my screen they were like yeah but then you can see more horizontally than you can vertically and that completely changes the way you can perceive enemies and all this other stuff yeah, so it was kind yeah, of a design yeah. choice at first, but in the end, I was like, you know what? So many people are asking me. I know that people are probably going to like review bomb me if I don't add <laughs> one yeah. screen. Like, fine, fine. So I was like, yeah, I was like, fine, fine. whatever. It's going to be default four three. If you want to play it in sixteen nine or sixteen ten, whatever, then that's your choice. Same with the high res mode. Like they're there mm-hmm. if you want it, so that you don't complain at me. That's the main <laughs> reasons they're there. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I they've, they've both played got it in four by three. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That I think that's what it's intended for, personally. But because mm-hmm. it, it's supposed to be a retro game, but if people don't want that, that's fine. Because there are people that still play pixel games, like <laughs> pixel art games, with like the scaling and filtering stuff, and I just think that is, I just think mm-hmm. that's so wrong. <laughs> like, if people want to be wrong, they play Metal Slug with those like eagle filter or whatever it's called on and it smooths everything out and i just want to throw up because it looks so awful but that's their <laughs> choice you know what i mean like so i'm trying to give people the choice of to play it how they, how they want yeah well I'm, I'm glad you gave the choice because even like i i really like the style of the 16-bit version because it it feels almost like Mega Man x and that right. definitely comes across even in like the title screen it's it feels very inspired mm. just the way it's laid out uh but I do really like the smooth version as well. And I, I couldn't, <laughs> I don't know. There's been a sort of a big ramp up in games that are a low poly style. Yeah. And there's something about the way the light falls over the different shapes when it's that well-defined that you're getting like pretty distinctive silhouettes on everything. And mm-hmm. I think that's why I liked it so much. Yeah. So especially with like, the ship design that you've got for the, is it the Ultraviolet Mark III, I think yeah. it was called. That just looks really nice as well in the low poly version, in the smooth version. I just like the way it, I don't know, the light <laughs> plays over the ship. I just thought it was really cool. Mm. Yeah, I, I deliberately uh, I, I went for stepped lighting. So when you rotate, you you only get I think it's like it's either eight or sixteen shades of lighting or something, so that you can really notice the the change in the lighting as you rotate and stuff. I was I'm trying to make it look 
not 100% accurate to SNES, but I wanted it to evoke that yeah. retro retro feeling. Definitely did. It really, really did. And like, there's, there's a term that me and Jordan use reasonably often that I hadn't really heard anywhere else. It's got like neo-nostalgia, we call it. So it's like <laughs> yeah. new age twigging on something that you it, had when you were a it's kid. It's how you remember it, not how it actually was. How it, exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's like if you've played... Um, Wind Waker HD mm-hmm. on the Wii U. Like that looks in my mind how Wind Waker looked anyway on the yeah, GameCube yeah. when I was a kid. But then playing <laughs> go, the two side back. by side, <laughs> holy fuck. Yeah, there's yeah. such a difference. Like yeah. all that beautiful bloom lighting and the colors are really vibrant. Yeah. Especially, I, I don't know if it was, we were sort of shielded by the CRT TVs. Like that made some kind of different effects. And now when you yeah. play these older games on newer TVs, they don't have the right kind of, well, have Look. you seen that comparison? Someone did it where they, they put a comparison picture of like a CRT and a new flat screen. Yeah. And it like, it shades in the darks differently mm. oh, right. or something like that. And it makes the shadows look more in depth or something like that. It was really the, weird. I'll see if I can find it and send it yeah, over. Yeah, I do. I we'll put it in the show notes. But yeah, it's such a weird comparison. There's definitely been an interesting uh, resurgence of people buying up CRT monitors like because I saw someone, someone's, they were saying that hey, they playing Quake on a CRT is the way to go. So I was like, oh, okay. I looked on eBay to see them, and I was like, okay, everyone's cottoned on to the fact that people want CRT monitors now because they're no longer £10 and they're back up yeah, to no. like 100 quid at least, you know? <laughs> so yeah, I think there is something to be said about how things are displayed on CRT. And quite a few people yeah. have said they want to play my game on a CRT monitor. And I'm like, cool take a video if you do because I don't have the space for a CRT but <laughs> it, it would probably look quite nice like I, I definitely I bet think it would it, yeah, it, yeah. It I mean saying that they were expensive I would have paid someone to come and take mine away fucking exactly. hell it's so heavy <laughs> it took exactly. me and my dad to carry it down the stairs and we nearly killed ourselves yeah yeah well, I was I was really impressed as well by like the use of colours because mm-hmm. y- you always kind of have this feeling of like colours are always like really uh, pastely or neon back in the 90s yeah, yeah. and the use of that like it hit me with such nostalgia <laughs> despite me never playing Star Fox before <laughs> and I was just like so impressed I was like it feels like I played this as a child and I definitely didn't oh. and it was like oh wow I've, I've just not experienced that with a game in like a long ass time so like well done thank you that's, that's good to hear I mean it wasn't it wasn't intentional I mean I don't know I think it just came from the, the fact that I've learned like as an artist I've learned kind of theory and stuff like that and I've just kind of tried to pick out colours which looked nice to me. That's what it really was. Like right. I just wanted things that looked kind of vibrant and yeah, I just pick them and I'd yeah. be like, yeah, that looks cool. And I just go with it. <laughs> and that's kind of how it's ended up. And 99%, probably higher than that, people have said how much they like the colour palette. Occasionally you'll get someone on YouTube who are like, can I get a brown colour palette because this is too childish for me. I'm <laughs> just like, what? Really? You can't play childish. They're like, yeah, can childish you cha- at all. Yeah, they were like, can you change the color palette? I, I want a more adult color palette, and I'm like, yeah, can you make it like Gears of War, 256 colors of gray? Yeah, like <laughs> that was just it baffled me the idea that someone can play it because it was too colorful. But no, yeah, I thought the color palette was great. <laughs> I think it helped it sort of stand out a bit. It does. Like it's it's very popular now to have much more pastelated tones anyway isn't it like mm. like your display picture that you've got at the moment with the blues mm-hmm. and the purples and then like the slight neon green and the little hint of yellow yeah i think that it, it just does something to our minds currently and i don't know if that's because of the age that we grew up in maybe 
Uh, well, maybe me and you, but not Jordan. Jordan's a little young boy. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's just that. It's, it just twigs something in our brain that just makes us feel more yeah. at home with what we're seeing, I suppose. I just, I just like, I just like colour, and there's a lot of colours to pick from, so you may as well make use of them. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't know why games have to be brown. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I want that on a t-shirt. <laughs> there's a lot of colours. I just like colours. <laughs> uh, I did want to ask you about uh, how you found funding your game through Kickstarter. I noticed on your Kickstarter, you said you've been working this for was it two years? About yeah. So I start. I started the game back in, I think. The, the earliest earliest uh if i look at like the old folder i have i think it comes up as like 2017 may something like that may 2017 yeah and i said that that's when the prototype turned from that weird dogfighting arcade game into an actual i think i think the folder was actually called (laughs) not star fox which is (laughs) (laughs) or 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 star fox spelt the same way uh Faux fur is spelt. Yeah, that's star <laughs> faux. But yeah, uh, 2017, uh, around May, I think, was when I started it. But I, because I was working full time, I kind of had to work on it in the evenings and on the weekends. And I, I'm pretty sure I have something like ADHD or something because my attention span is like, oh, I want to work on this now. And then I work on that. And then I work on something else. And then I work on something else. And then I'm like, Oh yeah, I forgot I was working on that. And then I yeah, that's the artist mind, my friend. <laughs> I come back to the game and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is quite cool. So it wasn't like I've been working on it solidly for those those two years or whatever. It was yeah. more like sporadically. But yeah, it started back in 2017 and maybe I guess mid. Uh, I want I want to say maybe the start of 2019. I started taking it really seriously because people actually started responding to it and I was like okay I've got something that's worth working on here yeah. I think that's the thing people don't always know what to work on because they don't know what's gonna work you know in terms of a commercial success I didn't start it as a commercial thing mm-hmm. but once I realized that people were interested in that sense it kind of made sense to pursue it properly which is why I kind of started working on it more seriously I guess if that makes sense did you see a small trickle of people like being interested in it on the social yeah, media definitely. or did it all just kind of come at once and it was like hey there's this thing that's like Star Fox people obviously love Star Fox so. I remember when I first posted a screenshot I was like people are gonna like this this looks like this looks like Star Fox and I got like <laughs> I got like 10 likes and I was like oh okay nobody cares about Star <laughs> oh, Fox nobody like cares about <laughs> original Star Fox anymore <laughs> but, yeah. but I kind of kept posting now and again and to be honest, the uh, I, th- I guess it kind of got a few hundred. The highest it got was like a few hundred uh, likes mm. here and there, and I was like, okay, there's some interest. But when I when I made the first boss and I posted the video of that, the scorpion boss, yeah, it ended up getting like eight thousand likes, and I was like, nice. Ooh, oh, whoa, wow. that's and that's when people started contacting me, like, hey, hey, have you got a publisher? And I was like. Oh, okay. So oh my. <laughs> that's when that's and that's when I met my my current publisher, uh, Pixel Jam Games. Um, yeah, yeah. So no, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't take off straight away. And and that's the thing I want to I want to say to anyone who's developing games is that if you don't get a response straight away, don't automatically assume that your game is like shit because it's not. It's just that's how social media works. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. People don't see your stuff straight away, and you've got to keep. People miss stuff, and like you, yeah. you'll tend to find as well that video content will always trump any kind of still image content. 
Definitely. So yeah. the more you post videos, the more people see it on their timeline anyway. Yeah. And and do not do not post a YouTube video to your timeline. No. Post, post a native Twitter video clip because nobody will click on a on a YouTube clip. I find that the hard way. Yeah. That's my yeah. advice. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. I mean, in terms of what you just said then about like when to post things, mm. we I've been looking up recently. Uh, there's a concept called. Uh, it's, it's like the relevance curve or the creative curve. Mm -hmm. And it seems to be that, like you said about your idea might be absolutely amazing. And just because you've posted it and no one's looked at it doesn't necessarily mean it's not good. It's just the relevance to what is going on at the moment in the current climate might affect what people's views are of it. So I think with, with a game like yours, I think because it's been so long since we've technically had a good Star Fox game mm -hmm. people have been very much like please we want a good Star Fox game you know yeah. very much like people were like, like all the Sonic games have been bad well in yeah. most people's opinion anyway mm. people are like constantly crying out for a good Sonic game and then was it which which Sonic game was it now Sonic Mania Sonic, was it that was yeah. the fan game yeah and that was like a huge hit everybody yeah. absolutely loved it to the point where the artist then worked on the Sonic film to save that as well yeah so I think that might be one of the reasons why it suddenly blew up for you like it did once you started posting those kind of videos. Yeah, possibly, yeah. Definitely, I think, yeah, I think timing was a big part of it. Yeah, yeah. People realise there's suddenly light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> exactly. It can be good Star Fox games yeah. again. And, I, and I, think, I, think the, like, I think the low poly thing is starting to take off now. I kind of, I, yeah. I assumed yeah. it would back in like 2012 or something. I was like, like low poly stuff's going to be the next big thing but I didn't realise how long it would actually take because I thought it would be quite quick after the whole 8-bit pixel thing I thought mm -hmm. that would be quite quick but it's actually taken quite a lot of time for it to to take hold but I think people are starting to to get nostalgia for that it's evolved even more now that like you're starting to see games that are like the Game Boy style graphics quite a lot like there's that game called Minute I don't know if you've played oh, that oh yeah yeah I know the one yeah. um, and there was one called Gatto Roboto. I don't know if you've played that, which is kind of like the old Metroid. Yeah. That's a really, really great game. But it, again, it's such like a distinctive style. Mm -hmm. And playing that kind of game now is like, it's getting all the people of our age who now have their own money to spend on games, which is perfect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. So mentioning then that, so bringing it back to obviously the art style coming back mm -hmm. and being the hip thing again, uh, me and Haz were talking the other day on one of our episodes with uh, one of our friends Alex from Ronin Geek, oh, yeah. and we think that, or I think at least, that games are moving from innovation to kind of refinement. So do, do we, it's going from do, it's going from like instead of having new, like obviously you've got third person shooters, mm -hmm. you've got like side scrollers, everything like yeah. that. Do you feel like there's a lot of scope for new things as a game developer? Uh, are we talking? Are we talking about triple A games or just indie games? What, just anything, really. In, in terms of like the refinement part, was that a sort of aimed at how the triple A industry is going? Because that's that's kind of how I see it. Like they they've they've just narrowed in on what works for them, and they've not got a lot mm. of interest in you know sort of looking elsewhere. In for new it. things, yeah. yeah. I kind of I get the best example I can think of recently is either so for indie games, Carrion. Yeah. Which is the like playing as a monster and going through and yeah, just demolishing week, everything. Very cool. Or I need to play it. I've seen videos and I'm like excited. Game to it. Yeah, I've not I've not tried it. It does look it's, it does look like a good idea. Mm. But I guess the the other one's going to be Death Stranding in that it is a third person action mm -hmm. game. 
at the core of yeah. it. But it's such a big change in that you're basically an Amazon delivery guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's a third-person adventure game where it's just got a different take on the world. Yeah. So do you think we've kind of at the minute discovered all the kind of games or the outlines of games that we're ever going to? And that now we're just kind of like focusing on like what works the best. I don't, I don't think we're at that point yet, personally. I think. <laughs> Is there any way you think you can see it and you're just like, yeah, I could make this new standard of video game. <laughs> I'm not I the best. Give it away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the best person to ask because uh, I like to take things that I know and make my own version of them. Hence the whole Star Fox Exodiac thing. This is this is like my version of Star Fox. I am not the most original guy person out there. Like uh, Hideo Kojima, whatever, he has probably much more original ideas than I do. And hence, I don't you if get, it's original or weird. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> a good point. <laughs> Are they not the same? I don't. I don't know. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, with with Death Stranding, like it's clearly annoyed some people that what he made wasn't Metal Gear Solid. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I haven't played it personally. Every now and again, I get like an inkling to try it because I think, oh, it might be like Euro Truck Simulator where you just walk for a long time and it's quite relaxing actually with a cool <laughs> story attached to it. I yeah. haven't tried it yet, but I can kind of see people looking back in 10, 15 years' time and going, oh, that was a really cool game. And there's like a cult following for it and everyone thinks yeah. it's amazing. But right now, people don't like it. Do you know what I mean? So... Yeah, I, I do think there's a lot left to discover. Uh, I, I don't think I'm going to be the person that discovers it because I like building upon things that I grew up on. Um, but yeah, I think there's probably a lot left to to figure out. I mean, mm-hmm. it's all, all the it's all infinite possibilities almost. But it's up to these creative geniuses to actually pick out the possibilities, I guess. Yeah, I suppose it's like the the next stage of evolution is like where VR is going to go next, I think. Yeah. Uh, whether it's like the, uh, what's it called? Like the Google Glass where you can interact with things. Augmented yeah, augmented reality. reality thank mm-hmm. you, yeah. yeah. Whether that goes more headlong into like mobile stuff. Who knows? I don't know because there's a lot of stuff in mobile gaming that's going to start using more cameras, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, Maybe I've heard, uh, I've heard uh, like Half-Life Alex or whatever was, was really... Mm-hmm innovative and clever and stuff again I, I oh it's really good haven't had a trance strike then got the room for vr stuff but yeah, from I what know. i've seen it looks like it again valve has done some really clever stuff that people haven't done before mm-hmm. so it does it does look like there's plenty of room for innovation it's just whether or not the technology's up to the task for it and whether people are willing to take that technology on board you know what i mean a lot of people still don't have vr so not sure when we'll be at that point where everyone has it in their living room. Yeah, I think it's the, the not only the price wall, but I think it's the having the hardware. Space wall. Mm. Yes, hardware. Yeah, there's a, a cash wall. There's a space wall, mm, and uh, which Donald Trump <laughs> will probably be all over. And there's a yeah. <laughs> like a funds wall to like have it to buy the console, or it's not the console. Sorry, the, you know, have um, hardware strong enough to power that kind of equipment. Yeah, it's hard. Not everyone can afford that. No. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, we, we have a very loose... You have a spreadsheet. So wait, I think Haz was waiting to jump in. Haz was waiting to jump in to like for me to do my part, and I'm waiting for him to jump yeah. in to do his part. Right, cut that. We can cut that bit out. Yeah, we can cut, that. cut it in post. <laughs> Clean it up in post. Editing. Editing. Um, so the next thing I wanted to ask you about was, like, I know for me that personally I'm 
inspired, well, what inspired me to go into study of game design? Because I went to uni to do game design and um, production as well. I haven't really continued on into it. I still do the odd thing like modeling and stuff because I'm mainly an artist. Um, I, but one I, of the biggest I, can, can I ask you something? I'm quite yeah, curious what they teach in those game design courses because I've seen them and I'm like, what is that? What is that? What do they, what do they actually teach? <laughs> they basically, they, they teach you. A, there's a lot of theory that goes behind it. So like game design concepts and stuff. Sure. Uh, you do learn, mine was a practical course. So I learned about using the engines. So our tutors were people who use the engines in the industry. Okay. So we learned Unreal 4 because it was 4 at the time. Mm-hmm. And the Unity engine as well. We learned Maya 3D. We learned Photoshop for texturing. Uh, I learned a bit of ZBrush. Right. Uh, what else? We learned C Sharp and... C plus for the Unreal Engine in the node-based editor. Okay. Um, so we, we learned quite a lot. Yeah. And a lot of people, I think it's like a 90% people out of that uh, university go straight into jobs. Okay. Um, I've got my own business anyway, so I, I do that and I prefer working on a freelance basis. So mm-hmm. it's mainly that for me currently. Yeah. Is that, does that cover your question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's completely sidetracked here. No, no, it's because, fine. Like uh, we like side, we like sidetrack. So it's just curious because I'd, ne- I'd never actually met anyone that's gone on one of those courses. So I was always, always curious what they actually taught because I always just assumed they were some kind of cash grab at the time. But there uh, are some pro- that are like that. Mm. There definitely are some that are cash grabs. I remember there, were, there was one that came to my house once, oh, nice. and they awkwardly <laughs> sat in my house while I showed them some. 3D props that I'd made oh. to show them. An entire university showed up at my house. <laughs> Everyone came. All the tutors, head teacher was there. He was awkward. <laughs> uh, I think my college course was marketed as game design. Really? And there was nothing to do with game design. That's, that's what I mean. Like, I think a lot of them were like, oh, game design. Yeah, we could rename this to game design. Yeah, you can get away with that. Well, my... my- College was shocking. Really? Level three IT was like, take screenshots of this installation of Windows. That's, it's that, like you can't. It, that sounds it like doesn't mine. have an OS. That sounds like mine. Yeah, that was my college. Yeah, it was like <laughs> it's like this is level three. What's level one? Yeah, fuck. <laughs> anyway, well, sorry. You <laughs> back to right. your question. <laughs> yeah. So my my inspirations were always like the old side scrollers. Like our listeners know that I'm a huge like Mega Man fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up in the generation of the N64 and the PlayStation. Uh, yeah. The PlayStation One. Like I never owned a PlayStation 1 but friends and family did so I, I often played both right. and then the early 3D games from those were also a big influence and not just just to play them it was it was those kind of games that I wanted to make when I was going to uni doing it so we actually made quite a few games in the process so have there been any other games that you felt inspired you into making games as well as even just playing those different genres but that made you want to become a dev yourself I think um I mean, my my game journey, my my game journey, I guess, started with uh, my friend had a copy of a, a software called Click and Play. Oh right, okay. Way back in oh God, nineteen ninety eight or something stupid like that, nineteen ninety seven right. maybe. And it was it was really basic, but it was my first chance of making a game. It didn't require programming language. It just had like an event based system, like it was like a spreadsheet basically. Okay. And they, they, the software company released newer and newer versions over the years, and they got more advanced. I think it was Games Factory and then Multimedia Fusion, which I think is called Fusion now. Right. Um, then I moved on to Blitz Basic, Game Maker, Unity eventually. And now, oh, uh, cool. And now Godot. But back then, uh, that was probably what got me started with wanting to make games, because I realised it was possible 
for anyone to do games, even if they were absolutely awful. Um, yeah. And I remember back on the PlayStation 1, on the demo discs, they had uh, the Net Eurosia games. I don't know if you remember any of those. Yeah, I do. I have seen no those. No idea what that is. They were basically, Sony released uh, a development system for amateurs uh, mm-hmm. It still cost about five hundred pounds, and most people couldn't afford it. Fucking hell! Including, including myself. <laughs> but it, it was it was this black PlayStation One, and it could connect to your PC, and it came with a bunch of uh, C libraries and stuff. Yeah, I remember. And you could make your own games, basically. And I really wanted it, but all I could <laughs> do was play the demo disc games that always came on the official PlayStation magazine. And I used to play them and be like, I want to make I want to make games like this. This is cool. I had no idea how it worked or anything like that, but that was kind of my, that was my first inkling into I want to do this. Um, and then I guess the games I grew up with uh, in the 90s were, were more a case of like, this is the kind of thing I want to make. You know, I played a lot of games like uh, Super Fantasy Zone, uh, Rocket Knight Adventures, Sparkster, uh, the Metal Slug games, Sonic, side-scrolling shoot-em-ups like Einhander, G-Darius, uh, R-Type, Gradius, um, Star Fox. Mm. All, all, a lot of the games I like are not quite as mainstream as the stuff that most people like, which is... Uh, yeah, enough. I was going to say a lot of the ones you said then were reasonably smaller games. Yeah. Like one of the most known is probably Metal Slug. Yeah. Yeah, or R-Type. Yeah, an R-Type, yeah. But the, the, the style in them is what's the style in them is what's kind of grabbed me in them and that's what I kind of distill mm-hmm. into my game I'm trying to even games that are unrelated to the game I'm making there might be something stylistic in it I'm just like that's cool and I try and put it I get the essence of that and try and put it into the game I'm making now so it's kind of right a distilled version of all I, the games I've just had a weird flashback in my head <laughs> right <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I know just like the Doctor Strange thing where he's punched in the chest yeah, yeah. and just flies <laughs> back I had this conversation with my mate a few years ago. So you mentioned that you didn't know how game design worked at that point. Yeah. And I think I was in the same boat where I was like, oh, I'd love to make games when I was younger. Mm-hmm. But I thought, because I was an idiot kid, <laughs> you used there wasn't an engine. It was literally you had to make every possible state <laughs> as like art. Oh wow! So like, if, if like there was a like a ten by ten square and you guys standing in the center, mm-hmm. you had to animate every possibility Fuck. and my mate thought the exact same thing no because he brought it up once i was like i thought that too because i was an idiot i could do, I, do you guys ever remember having that thought or are you just smarter well, than these kids I think that's, that's a logical leap because if you're looking at it like a cartoon if you're a kid and you know cartoons yes. then you're thinking about animating the whole thing yeah so that's it's a logical leap i suppose it, it's not how i thought about them but i can see why you would come to that conclusion as a kid I can see why you're an idiot. That's the nicest possible way of you being like you are. No, an no, idiot, no. One, we well, no, well, no. Because I, my only, my like I said, my only knowledge of game design at the time was this click and play program, which was really, really basic, and I just assumed it was a 3D version of that. So, right. <laughs> and it's nothing, it's nothing like that. Do you know what I mean? But it's weird that there was just no. My kid brain was that how it. Yeah, exactly. And I remember getting a. I remember seeing a magazine that had like. A, Borland C++ for free on it and I was like oh that's what they make games with I'm going to buy that and it will be just like click and play and it was nothing like click and play it was just like (laughs) advanced level language and I was just like what do you mean I have to learn another language yeah I was like I don't know what any of this means (laughs) I mean 
yeah. That, that's pretty interesting. I mean, in, in terms of how much that's changed now, because like I remember trying to start to make games when I was, I don't know, I must have been maybe 11, something like that. Uh, and I had, I had a similar thing. I had a disc called Dark Basic. Oh, and, yeah, Dark yeah, Basic. Holy crap. Yes. Yeah, there was the 3D Game Maker as well. And then yeah. obviously now you've got the rise of the Unity engine, which is huge in indie devs and the massive bubble that is the Unreal Engine now because with its yeah. node-based programming. Did you think that, well, I don't even know how to, to phrase this really. It's, it's a lot easier now to even start making games, don't you think? The, the barrier to entry is so low now compared to it how is. it was when we first started. I would have killed for something like <laughs> Unity or whatever like back back then because I bet. yeah, like you said, Dark Basic. Uh, that was that was awful. <laughs> I've still got that. I've still got it downstairs in the cupboard. Yeah, I've got a load um, of old old game maker stuff. Which that's I actually I didn't ask which engine did you make your game in? The what uh, Exodiac. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, that's using uh, I believe it's pronounced. It depends who you ask. I believe it's pronounced okay. Godot. G-O-D-O-T. Some people say it's Godot. Other people say it's Godot. Oh, right. When you said, like, depends who you ask, I thought you meant, like, it was, like, a weird secret <laughs> thing. No, no, no. It, it's <laughs> Some people may tell you, but others, they will not. <laughs> it's like left twix and right twix. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it's, it, it, the name was based on the, the, the play Godot, as in... Not tomorrow, okay, but the day right. after it comes or something, because it's never. Does that mean the finished. GoBots is spelled Gobo? Yeah. <laughs> all, all I can think of is the woman who plays Wonder Woman. Oh yeah, yeah. Gal, yeah. But her, Gal Gadot. Gal, Gal, her name Gadot. is Gadot, though, isn't it? That, that's how you pronounce Gal it, Gal apparently. See, it's even now we don't know. No, it's, it is a mystery. <laughs> it's a ruse. You're blowing my mind. Hey, look, whichever <laughs> she wants me to call her, I'm fine with that. I will go with that. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, that that is the name. That's that's the engine. It's. It's free. It's open source, which is which is great. Amazing. Because it means you don't have to pay them anything. Everyone gets to yeah. work on it. Everyone fixes everything. It's it's kind of like Blender, but for game engines, I guess. Oh, cool. Okay, you can actually make games in Blender now as well, can't you? That's got a game. You used to be able to, but they've now taken the engine out. Oh. Had, yeah. So now it doesn't oh, have weird. a game engine. See, I've did. never. Re- I started get. I no. I'm gonna. I tried to get into Blender. Yeah. But it was like they took everything that the other modeling softwares are done and gone no backwards yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna no, do it different yeah. right click is wh- now left click and left click is right click and it's like why just when's the last time you used it uh i've i've got the new one now when you can set it like maya i was gonna say to the new one is a lot more user-friendly than the old yeah ones. The old definitely ones. is yeah awful um but yeah i completely understand the, the open open source software definitely seems to do let's let's take what's the norm and flip it because we can yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, trick. ZBrush did the same. That was a sculpting program, and that was like mm-hmm. everything was totally weird. But it's an amazing software. But it that can do everything that Mudbox and Blender can do, and then they're both free. And ZBrush is like twenty thousand pounds or something. So yeah, it Z- makes more ZBrush sense is, to try and learn those. ZBrush's interface confuses me. It is I learn, weird. I, I learn it every now and again, and then like a month later, I've forgotten everything, and I'm like, oh great, I'm yeah. stuck. Back you to have to one. really keep up on it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> don't use it you lose exactly. it exactly so i have uh a, another question that might be a bit of a weird one out of left field for you <laughs> what is my favorite pasta <laughs> <laughs> it's obviously fusilli. it definitely is <laughs> you say that the fanciest way i've ever heard by the way that's the second time you've said it like that 
What? Fusili. Is it not Fusili? I think it was just Fusili. Fusili? I, like, I don't know. I like the little okay. seashells. Like, yeah, exactly. I'm Some kind of fancy the... Italian man. I <laughs> we did just watch the Mario movie. We did, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. It was wonderful. <laughs> it, it was an experience. I'll ben, what did much. you think about it? If you want to listen What's to that, go back to the other episode. That's a great film. <laughs> it is. See? Jordan enjoyed it and he won't admit it. <laughs> No, I did it. I enjoyed it. I didn't hate it. It was just like, I hate it represents just cash grabbery. It yeah. Is, yeah. It's one of those things that has nothing to do with the source material, and that's why I like it. <laughs> yeah. It, it was It was pretty it's funny. Like the, I did laugh they've out read, They've read a brief on what Mario is and just gone, yeah, we can do this. Yeah, I just put loads of random shit in there that's like... Someone just, just assumed pop, he lived in New York. Yeah, yeah. Pop, Bob, pop, pop, pop Bob Hoskins in here, it'd be fine. Yeah, although we we did unanimously agree, and a lot of people on Twitter did as well, that Bob Hoskins is actually quite a good Mario. He's a great Mario. Oh, he is. <laughs> He's definitely the best thing about the film. Like, exactly. And he said that he hated the experience, but he fucking stuck that landing like <laughs> exactly. a champ. He was like, oh, with his arms that's out, a, that's fucking tense. That's a true actor. That is. <laughs> oh, I did. I, I'm actually like excited to watch it again in a few years when I forget about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to that. We'll have to have a movie night where we get we loads should. of people over and do ben, it. Ben, you're invited. We'll stream it out next time. Awesome. <laughs> we'll do it. If you ever ever took North. Yeah. North. <laughs> it's been a while, but yeah. So so the question I oh, have yeah, sorry. is... It's all right. <laughs> that wasn't me dragging us back on track. That was just... So this is... Is there any kind of game style or genre you just refuse to tackle, like, outright? Like, I'm not going to pretend that I have any video game making experience, but I play a lot of games, right. like, has all vouch yeah, for me does. here. But is there... <laughs> it's a real problem. Yes. Um, is there anything that you just look at and you're like, nah, I'm not touching that? In terms of making a game? Yes. I mean, do you have a game that you will not touch in terms of playing a game? He'll play anything. He, the, yep. the dankest <laughs> JRPG weirdness I have seen it all. Is, is a whore for, whore for games. <laughs> my, my mate bought me a copy of Deep Space Waifu and I had to play it apparently. So I played like five minutes of it and then that was enough. Five I minutes. I don't know, I don't I know consider, what that is, but... <laughs> honestly, just Google we'll send it. you a copy. I, um, Sounds awful. I... I I did consider asking Steam to remove bad rats from my game library as well. Oh yeah, bad rats, yeah. So a game genre that I wouldn't consider making. Like either just through like, it seems like too much work or you just wouldn't enjoy it or you just are completely opposed to the genre. Um, I think... So I don't hate RPGs. But I cannot imagine the amount of work that oh, goes yeah. into making something like an RPG. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. He hates <laughs> RPGs. <laughs> Twist that as you like. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I uh, yeah. There's very few RPGs that I've I've managed to get very far in because I just mm -hmm. I just can't. <laughs> like, can you imagine making something like Dark Souls, for example? Like the amount of work that must go in, especially in like in the art stages with all the mm. lore and then the animation frames so everything's keyed out so you know exactly what's going to happen and when and ugh, the yeah. timing for that I haven't I mean I've, I've briefly played Dark Souls 1 alright and then didn't get very far but then I bought Bloodborne yeah. on the PS4 so I've had a bit more experience with that and let's be honest it's basically the same thing just with Lovecraftian yeah. shit yeah. attached and I, as I was playing I was like 
at first I was like, what the fuck is this? And then as I carried <laughs> it's on, so I was hot. like, yeah, this is... Most people... <laughs> I was like, oh, this is strangely appealing, this... <laughs> This I like being whipped with this spiky yeah, whip. <laughs> this continuous cycle of getting your ass kicked, but being slightly better each time. And I was kind yeah. of going through my head. I was like, maybe I could make a game like this, maybe. So I can kind of, yeah, I could see the appeal of making some of that, but making it to the, I, it, if I made some of that, it'd probably be some weird PlayStation 1 style low poly version because I can't I'd imagine love that. I'd play building yeah, the assets of the, the full version. <laughs> Remade Nightmare Creatures. Oh, for the, please! Yeah, I see, remember, you've got I two remember sales that already. Game, but I never played it. it. I just remember seeing it in the video in the rental store. Oh my god! Well, it's a YouTube channel, isn't it? The two thousand and one D Make or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, oh, such. That's so good. Yeah. If you could, if you could make a PlayStation One style Bloodborne, <laughs> I would be so happy. That'd be so cool. That'd be so like, good. I get a lot of ideas while I'm working on this game. I'm like, I can't, I can't drift anymore i have a kickstarter i have to focus on I've, yeah yeah i've oh, yeah. got to finish this damn thing and by the time i do that no one's going to care about low body stuff anymore we're all going to be like yearning for xbox 360 style games or some shit i don't know yeah yeah <laughs> you just have to keep adding a lower poly filter to it every month yeah. to get it lower and lower <laughs> i'm all out of polys yeah. just one square moving around now <laughs> so I, I wanted to touch on a bit more about what you're doing like facing the challenges, I suppose, in the accessibility of making your game. Um, like we said about, it's becoming a little more accessible to make stuff at home with any kind of computer. Uh, is, yeah. the, is there any advice for any people who are wanting to get into games or people who are currently working on a game as either a solo dev or a small team? Is there any advice that you'd give them for getting a game up and running? Um, I think if you've, if you've never made a game before, then... I guess, I guess um, there's quite a bit more involved than if you have already started. Um, yeah. But with things like Unity, Unreal, Godot, I think those are... I, I'm going to say those are the main three at the moment. You can kind of jump in without much responsibility or worry about what thing... You know, there's no, there's no money up front. You're not yeah. going to lose anything if you waste a week and you don't like it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And there's, you t- there's there's tutorials all over YouTube to get you started. And I mean, they're not the best, but as far as I'm concerned, as long as you get your as long as you get your feet wet, that's the main thing. And as long as you're willing to experiment and just 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 tr- if you like open an example project and just start fiddling with the values just to see what happens, mm-hmm. you get that curiosity which leads to like finding more stuff that that's how i started and i think that's i think that's important if you've never touched on game development before because a lot yeah, of people think oh i can't do this i don't know how to program i got i gotta take a computer science course or something so I, didn't, I didn't do any of that like i'm completely self-taught and it's purely out of curiosity mm-hmm. and maybe that takes longer i don't know um and you might learn more professional techniques if you go to college or university or whatever but if you're if you have a desire to learn this stuff, uh, I think it's never been easier to just jump in and learn from YouTube websites or just you know from my Discord. You know, there's plenty of people that are willing to to help you there. Yeah, uh, totally. If, yeah. When it comes to actually, if you've already started making a game and you're like, well, how can I actually make my game good? <laughs> um, first, I'd, I'd say I'd say get people to play it for a start. Because people will immediately mm-hmm. tell you if it's shit or not. 
Yeah, and I'll tell you what's wrong. <laughs> very, very quickly, you'll find out if your game's good or not. Um, <laughs> there is a lack of juice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Decided, we say. <laughs> I th- yeah, the the whole juice thing is is something that's come out more recently, and I think I think it's important. Uh, maybe it definitely not. is. I think Screen Shake might be a little a little overdone, but <laughs> overhyped. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's part that's part of the whole package. So yeah, um, yeah. But I think I think juice is is a whole thing in itself. It's like it's sort of the the visceral fear of the game. Like yeah, yeah. Does the game make you? Does the game have an impact on you when something happens? If it doesn't, make sure it does. Like, yeah, it should be a two way like feedback. Halo Infinite. It was a good example I mentioned to you, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Where it just looked like the gameplay. It didn't look to have any juice whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It was like everything was just really flat it's almost. Static. Yeah, it's like you get a headshot and there was nothing about it. There was like mm. the reload animations like took quite a long time, but there was no Pe- kind of like off, impact yeah. of it happening or chief doing interesting stuff. It was just like, oh, he's just putting a mag in a gun. He's not slapping it about or anything. Yeah. Slap it about a bit. <laughs> Slap it about. Spit on it first. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Think if, oh, I think. oh, can I just say, Ben, there's something I really liked about your game that I just want to point out yeah. is the three shot burst on the gun the missiles uh, no just the normal gun just when you when you shoot if you hold the shoot button just for a little bit longer it goes duh, duh, duh. or is it that, might be four might be a no, four no, it, it's, it's three yeah that, it's that, three. Was li- that was lifted straight from Star Fox 64 I was like is that even Ninten- in that yeah I was like if Nintendo's put it in there it's probably a good idea because a lot of people were complaining like ah oh, my finger hurts and I was like you don't have to keep pressing the button you can just hold it a little bit a little bit a little bit and, and they're like Oh yeah, that makes a world of difference. I never noticed that in Star Fox sixty four. I didn't until recently, and I was like, oh, "That's quite clever." That's why Wink. I was like, "Ben is a <laughs> genius." Uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. Just pretend yeah, you didn't take it. That. Run with it. I'll cut that bit out. It's fine. So so gone. I want the reaction of all the people that have just heard. Don't worry, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you started, but did you start with code or did you start with art? On the Exodiac. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, just in in general, like where when you started making stuff, because like oh, I, um, when I started, I started literally just with art. I managed to get a, I think it was, I never told you this, Jordan. Actually, I managed to download a soldier model that had a couple of animations in it. So you had like sprinting, crouching, that sort of stuff, and you could play with the rigging of the bones in the limbs. So to learn how rigging worked. I just started reassigning bone values. So accidentally like reassigned his shoulders to his ankles and he was running just like, ah, help. And it just, it taught me so much though about how the, the layout of the body works. So in terms of you saying getting your test projects and stuff, did you mm. delve into code or did you go artwork? Uh, I guess code mostly because yeah? the, the, yeah, the game was like, I think it was, uh, it was a really basic height map with some Google terrain texture slapped on top and then a flying oh, rainbow cube. <laughs> you know oh, nice. so there definitely wasn't much art there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the code was the probably the most prominent part of it, I think, for this. It's interesting. I, I, I did try and make a game in Unity. Mm-hmm. Or I, I just like, oh, I have this interesting idea. I wonder how difficult it would be to, you know, get it going. And then I read a bunch of stuff that's like always make just like a basic game for your first couple of projects yeah. never try and make the thing you want straight away because it'll never end up end up being good in your first instance <laughs> yeah. um it could not have been more true and i gave up nearly like i think i spent like two weeks 
doing this platformer. Yeah. And the tutorial I was following just wasn't applicable to my version of Unity. Uh-huh. Oh, so yeah, I, gave that, up. I was like, you know what? No. Yeah, that, that's the problem. They, there's so many tutorials, and then you find out it's like for like Unity 3 or something, you're like, oh, great. Yeah, exactly. So if I've just thought of, with the music for the game, so we, we've not talked really about the music. No, we haven't yet. Um, so with that, was it difficult to for you to find the right kind of artist to do this? Because I've seen on the Kickstarter you've got, is it plus, plus tech? tech? Yeah, or just tech. Yes. I'm, not, I'm not sure I prefer to go, but tech, yeah. <laughs> Addition, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Additionally, um, tech. Secondary tech. So, <laughs> so did you have like a hard time choosing the right artist or did you just kind of hear his stuff and be like, I need that? This is mine now. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I think I think I had a few people come to me on Twitter and stuff. And I was like, okay, yeah, this that's good. But nothing like stood out to me that much. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll put you on the list and when I get right into it I'll I'll figure out who I'm gonna who I'm gonna ask. And then I think I was it was such a random chance. I was browsing YouTube and one of the recommended videos was a game called um, I'm going to have to Google this now, because... Uh, was it? No, I think it was... It was something like Aliens Go Home Run, I think it was called. Okay. And it was this... I can't say I've ever no, heard it, of it, it, it was, yeah, a, it was this indie, indie game. And I was like, okay, I never heard of that. Clicked it. And the music started playing, and I was like, oh my god, this is... <laughs> in, instantly, I was just like, I love this music. This sounds like some Japanese video game composer from the 90s which you this don't what hear I mean. that much anymore <laughs> no no you don't and that's what stood out to me like a lot of western artists they're really good at music and stuff but there is mm. something that Japanese video game artists just do differently I can't quite put my finger on it but their melodies are crazy and I don't know I just I love how their stuff sounds and and he's heavily influenced by um, oh god he's gonna kill me now because I can't remember the guy's name <laughs> Koji Kondo? Um, no, no. Uh, hang on. Excuse the keyboard. It's uh, all right. I'll please. put in hacking so sounds. <laughs> see. I opened a command prompt at work on someone's computer once and they asked me if it was the Matrix. <laughs> yes. I ran an IP config and they were just like astounded. Like, oh shit, it's all real. Yeah, they were like, oh, is this like the Matrix thing? I was like, what? You should have turned around and been like, welcome to the desert of the real. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm not even going to try and pronounce it. I'm just going to paste it in the chat because I I don't want to get it wrong. Are we rock, paper, scissoring for who? That that came out wrong. Are we we scissoring? Rock, paper, scissors for who asked to pronounce it. That's the guy's name. (laughs) Yusuke Yasui? Yasui? I don't know. How do I get the chat back up? Oh, my God. (laughs) God damn it, Discord! You make no sense. I didn't realize that Hazard's been on cam this entire yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, just yeah, I've been watching him. Yeah, he's keep he's keeping me focused. Yeah. Oh. Since that is swigging a brew, I actually can't see the name. So Jordan, it's it's your guy. You're, you do it. Oh man, <laughs> can, can we just do the thing where we put it into Google Translate and then import the audio? Yeah, <laughs> I did not search the name because I couldn't find the chat. I'm sorry, Father. Please don't walk me again. Oh, 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 oosh. You hit me. Oof. My spanky booty got all that way up. We'll do that. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. So um, that guy. <laughs> yeah, so yes. that, that was his biggest influence. And uh, 
He does he does a lot of uh, FM FM synthesis stuff. I'm not actually sure what else he's worked on. I should probably probably check that quickly as well. Um, but basically, uh, this guy has done a lot of cool Japanese stuff, and he was his biggest influence. And by that, he had basically picked up all his talent, as far as I'm concerned. So I had this musician guy from Poland who mm-hmm. had the talent of a Japanese video game art musician and I was like hello would you like to work on my game and he was like yes please yes I would thank you (laughs) so it was complete chance that I found him by some YouTube recommendation so I thank the algorithm for that yeah Uh, (laughs) one thing it did right (laughs) yeah yeah and uh, I just said I want some stuff that sounds kind of like old Mega Drive FM stuff versus Sega Saturn music and he kind of came up with what he has for Exodia. Well, he's he's done really well, honestly. Yeah, I, I no, can't wait to see job. the next couple of levels when they when they come out. I'm very me excited. <laughs> I have had a cool thought. Cool me up. Can can you add a synth wave kind of aesthetic and then have Hotline? Oh, and then I can play Hotline Miami music in the background <laughs> just over the top of it. My girlfriend. Oh, that <laughs> looks so good. <laughs> the synth wave like color scheme. That'd be well, so Well, well, Mr. J Man, if you play more of Star Fox and you go through the, there's like warp points, isn't there, Ben? Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can actually get to a strange place in hyperspace that looks yeah. kind. You can actually get to. Hotline yeah, you Miami. can get there. You just fly in through the door. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, maybe, maybe there will be some kind of way from way, Ooh, exclusives on the burrito. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't exist yet but maybe <laughs> yeah 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 just gonna go get a little like grief burrito in the corner like a little easter egg yeah, at some point just like pops up it's just you screaming yeah. <laughs> if you can hide like <laughs> me screaming when you kill something in somewhere that would be hilarious <laughs> a polite no yeah there. just a straight up no, 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 no. <laughs> well i think we're right, coming I to the think. end aren't we because we're, we're like over an hour yeah. already oh god yeah yeah honestly podcasting is a hole to fall in like you can talk for three hours very yeah. very easy yeah well i wasn't sure what was going to happen but it's, uh, it's yeah has it's it been okay have you quite, been relaxed enough i, was, I have I, I have thoroughly enjoyed it it's gone quite quickly actually oh good i'm glad dude has the gin helped yeah. <laughs> the gin did help yeah <laughs> it, will, it will yeah a lot of people yeah. get very worried about coming on podcasts like it's going to be like a real pressure thing but it's definitely less pressure than doing it like live on twitch when you've got loads of people watching it's, it's yeah I tried yeah, to stream a couple of times for my Kickstarter and it was it was uh, interesting. No, we've started doing that every week, but it's it's good fun. Yeah, it is good fun. No, this is my first podcast. Oh well, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's good to be your first. Thank you so much for coming on for it. It's uh, obviously taking time out of your busy schedule with your, your Yeah, game. I know, getting it's, it all going. It's, it's uh, Sunday, we, it's fine. we do have <laughs> we've got two questions that we ask every guest who comes on. So we'll end right. it with this. First of all, if you could take any game character from a game and players them with their skill set and playstyle in any other game which character would it be and what would the game be off the top of my head mm-hmm. uh, Sparkster from Rocket Knight I really like that game I really like that character okay I think I've played that yeah. is that the kangaroo one uh, he's a he's, he's an opos- opossum I think ah. oh right L- sorry. little blue thing in blue armour with a sword that's like a looks like it's got kangaroo style ears but yeah he's yeah. a I've never played. I'm just aware of it. If that makes it's sense, a, it's a damn good Mega Drive game. I definitely recommend trying it out. It's it kind of got got hidden by Sonic, but as far uh, as I'm concerned, it stands up against Sonic. 
Okay. I, I actually just remembered something else that I wanted to ask you um, yep. that wasn't one of these two questions. It was the point that you've gone for um, humanoid animals. Mm-hmm. What was that? Was that inspired directly by Star Fox or, have you, or like that game you mentioned then, have you always preferred that style of game? Because a lot of the artists that we've had on all seem to love what's the, what's the, I can't think of the word what's the word we Anth- anthropomorphic, anthropomorphic animals yeah yeah is <laughs> where does that come from uh, yeah I think it's just growing up in the 90s like every fucking cartoon had that going yeah, on do yeah. you know what I mean <laughs> every game had it now that you mention it, it yeah then that's I think that's basically it really I just grew up with it and it's mm-hmm. I just think it's great it, I think it just gives it more variety than humans I mean you don't get a huge variety of humans no, not really. Compared to you do with the, the amount of animal species you can have, you know what I mean? Yeah. I love how it's more easy to empathise with anthropomorphic animals than it is with humans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. No, it totally is, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, it was, it, it was Laura who said as well that she feels that she can get more emotion out of animals than you can out of people. Yeah, I, I, can, I kind of understand that. I don't know why, but I kind of get it. I, can, I think you can exaggerate more, can't yeah. you? with their facial features because if you go too far with humans th- this is me from not an artist perspective by the way i am the worst artist in the world um i feel like you can exaggerate more and the character like characteristics of it aren't creepy because mm-hmm. it's not real whereas if you go like uncanny valley and like stretch people's faces out and stuff yeah it just gets, gets a bit weird, odd yeah i suppose yeah because with animals if they've got like ears you can flat them down if they're sad or angry and if they've got tail you can bush it up or whip it about and that kind of thing so, yeah i suppose it kind of makes sense well, it's like, have you seen, um, oh, what's it called now? Drop Dead Fred? Oh, God, once a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Because like when they squish his head and stuff like that in the art, it's it's weird. It doesn't look right. <laughs> Obviously, it's like plasticine or something, yeah. but it just looks odd. Okay. <laughs> but if you do it with like a cartoon character and it's an animal, it's mm-hmm. fine. It's just like, haha, it's an animal. Not like, oh god, humans help me. <laughs> this is a nightmare. I want to leave. Yeah, also, I'd like to point out that's a film you've seen, Jordan, that I haven't. Oh. Is it actually? Yeah. I think that's the first time. Jordan has seen like three films, Ben <laughs> Mario, Drop Dead Fred, and <laughs> yeah. The Matrix. Yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> I've seen The Matrix. There you go. <laughs> Yesterday. <laughs> you got him in one. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so we've established on this that I'm. I'm too young, according to both <laughs> yep. of you, and I've seen no films. No films. I love how a positive light this podcast paints <laughs> You're me. You're getting better, though. You've seen Mario now, as we yeah. said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can't believe you made me watch An awakening. Has he, <laughs> has he, has he seen... <laughs> this doesn't awaken yeah, anything yeah. in has me. Has he seen The Room yet? No. No, I, I started watching <laughs> Disaster Artist, okay. and I got concerned because I thought it was going to go... A very creepy direction. Yeah, I think you got to watch. I just couldn't get into it. You got to watch the room first. Yeah, my mate bought it the other day, and it came with a what was it now? Like a voucher for Tommy Wiseau underwear or something, where you can send yeah, off nice. to order it. <laughs> so uh, we're going to watch that soon, hopefully, once all the lockdowns <laughs> relaxed a little bit. Oh, the the second question that I was supposed to ask you uh, yeah. was. Oh, I don't think you picked a game to be. Oh in, no, sorry. no, you didn't. Go oh, a game to be in as the character. Yes, yeah, so you're transposing um, one character into another game. Oh god, um, that's that's tough. I don't know. <laughs> we should really send these questions out before. Yeah, I catch people off guard. As funny as it is listening to people struggle, <laughs> <laughs> I do feel kind of bad. 
uh, throw him in Dark Souls. He's got a sword. He'll be all right. Nice. I was going to say <laughs> Dark Souls or Bloodborne. The, the, the rocket pack might help him, but yeah, uh, he'll be all right. That's a really it. funny he'll image, Ben. Just like, ah, oh, go on, you'll be all right. <laughs> Literally push him in. Um, and the second question was, if you were a character in a fighting game, what mm-hmm. would your special move be? I mean, one of my favorite fighting games was uh, Bloody Roar. So it's got to be Sweet. transforming into some kind of crazy ass beast or something. Yeah, that's, that that's was, good. I love that game. See, Great this game. is just more growing up on weird anthropomorphic animals. It is. Well, all I'm saying is Lola Bunny awakened a lot of 12 year old boys. You know, it's, it, uh, did. it did. <laughs> I think it influenced and, everyone. You know, will she be in Space Jam 2? Apparently so. Well, apparently so. We'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll find out. Well, yeah, I think it actually got confirmed the f- that the same lady's coming back voicing her the other day. I'm oh, sure okay. I heard something about it. Wasn't the male version of that? Well, so, obviously, the female version is Lola Bunny. Apparently, the male version was Robin Hood from the Fox version yeah, of Robin a lot, Hood. Yeah, a lot Disney. of girls. And Simba from The Lion King. <laughs> Welcome to the yes. 90s. <laughs> no wonder yeah. we're all weird now. Well, amazing. Pretty, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, right, so we should get on to weekly recommend, shouldn't we? So at the end of the show, we like to recommend something that for our listeners to check out. Uh, mm-hmm. Mine this week is going to be a webcomic that I was sent last night. So it's a site for the webcomic. It's called Still in the Simulation. And the main comic that I want you to check out on there is called The Bikini Bottom Horror. And holy shit, is it epic and creepy as hell. Imagine if Junji Ito, the famous manga horror comic artist, who we actually mentioned last week on last week's show, had done a Spongebob comic. I read it last night. I read the whole thing. It's only like, I think it's about 20 pages, but they're pretty in-depth. There's a lot of very, very impressive art in there, and the story's surprisingly deep. But I ended up having really weird dreams about fish guts last night. It genuinely, like, (laughs) horror got to me. Like, it's... Honestly, please check it out. I'll give you a link in the show notes below, guys. Um, Is it like, I'm sorry, John, kind of levels? uh, Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. It's... Oh, God, I'll... I don't want to post the image into the chat because I want you to just read it like without expecting what happens because I did and fuck, I was shocked, man. Okay, <laughs> I guess I'll give it yeah. a go. That sounds, that sounds like nightmare fuel. It is, but it's really impressive and it's like drawn in biro. That's the thing. And it's like he's drawn the whole comic in biro. Yeah. Oh, wow. So give me yours anyway. Hit me up. Uh, mine is Payday 2. Nice. I have not played Payday. I've, I've got like f- nearly 400 hours in it from beta, which is what it originally came out like years ago. Yeah, yeah. So I got the beta for it or beta, whatever the correct yeah. way of saying it is. Ba-da. And I, I had 340 hours or something like that. And I've not played it in a year mm-hmm. or two. Um, and then my mate messaged me the other day because he's getting back into it and invited me on. And I was speaking to some people I've not spoke to in ages. And it's been really oh, nice. Good. The game holds up and they've made some, some quality of life changes, balanced a bunch of stuff. And yeah, it's really, really good awesome. now. Yeah, my brother plays it's it all the time. Before, so. He's still got it. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Like they've changed it so you can now like multi-talent much easier. So you can be like a tank and a healer at the same time opposed to having to like go one tree. Oh, cool. It's really good. I'm glad I got back into yeah, it. Yeah, awesome. There you go, guys. We'll put that in the show notes. And what about you, Ben? You got anything you'd like to recommend? So, so this guy's uh, game came up on my radar the other day. Uh, he actually contacted me, uh, asking me some questions. Um, oh, cool. He's so there's this guy making a game that's a lot like uh, Jumping Flash for the PlayStation One. I don't know if no, I don't think I'm familiar with that. No, 
Yeah, it was one of the early PlayStation, like probably one of the first PlayStation 1 games that came out, but I know there's quite a cult following for it. Um, and there's really never been anything like it since. Um, okay. I think there was Jumping Flash 1 and 2 and like a spin off game. But this is like. Just as soon as I saw it, I was like, okay, this is Jumping Flash. And it's got this really nice pastel vaporwave style aesthetic about it. Um, the name of it is uh, uh, Forza Polpo. Like Forza, like the racing game, I guess. And Polpo, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm not sure why it's called Forza Pol- Polpo. But um, yeah, the, the guy's Twitter handle is Dev Gallo. D E V G A L L O. Um, I just thought I'd give him a shout out because he's uh, he's trying to get a few more people to yeah you know, awesome. eyes on his project. Uh, uh, yeah, I thought it looked quite cool. So. Do you know where we can find the game? Is it like uh, is it? It's on, on Steam already. It is, is it? it? I got it. Monte Monte Gallo Monte. is what the developer's name. Yeah, he's got it available for wish list, but I, I've told him he should put a demo out because well, you know, people need to be able to try it and give him feedback and stuff. So hopefully yeah, yeah. he'll do that soon. And uh, yeah. But I thought it looked quite cool. Yeah, so. definitely I'm give that translate. A try. I'm sure. Gonna... Oh yeah, it's, I was going to say it's Italian. I thought I recognised it. It's uh, octopus strength. It means. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> means it means about <laughs> as much as it did in its original. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just just words. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. So let, let's end it there then, shall we, guys? So yeah, cool. if you want to find us, you can find us everywhere at Grief Burrito. Please make sure to leave us a five star review and all that biz and write us up a review. Uh, where can our listeners find you, man? Uh, I'm on Twitter uh, under Ben Hickling, B-E-N-H-I-C-K-L-I-N-G. There we go. Is there anything else where they want us to be able to find your game? Is there anywhere else it's available uh, other than uh, your yeah, Kickstarter? Yeah, so uh, X, X, X Zodiac. It's on Steam and itch.io. I think that's... And obviously there's the Kickstarter as well, although that's... Yeah. That's concluded now. But. We would also like to recommend Ben's yes, game. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because yeah. it is really good. Thank you. Uh, if you couldn't tell from this, we we absolutely love playing it, and it was something I'm definitely going to be picking up when it's released. I'm gutted I missed the Kickstarter. Yeah, like I said, maybe we'll uh, purchase a few copies already, ready to go. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Right, let's end it there. Thanks for listening, guys, and we will see you next week. Goodbye. Perfect. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>